Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome once again to the WP Builds Podcast. You have reached episode number 305, entitled How Hosting has changed. It was published on Thursday the 24th of November 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley and before I'm joined by my good friend David Wormsley for our podcast chat today, a few bits of housekeeping. The main thing going on in the WordPress world and indeed the whole world this week is Black Friday. Because we like to help out, WP Builds have put together a pretty gigantic list of all of the Black Friday deals that we can find in the WordPress space. Currently, that list stands at 270 deals, so it's really rather a lot. You can find it at wpbuilds.com forward slash black. That's wpbuilds.com forward slash black and because there's so many on there we've made it easy for you to filter and search there's a little yellow button which you can press and it enables you to filter by price by the amount of discount and of course by the name of the product so if you want to bookmark that and share it out that would be really helpful the other thing to say is a lot of the deals just go deep into december so keep coming back we've included the dates that the deal begins and the dates that the deal ends hopefully if everything works correctly all of the expired deals will disappear as the date goes by so you should only be left with the deals that are still working but yeah once again wpbuilds.com forward slash black two more things wpbuilds.com forward slash awards well this is a silly awards page the whole hope of this page is to raise money for Big Orange Heart. You can go to that page, nominate yourself, nominate whoever you like, and you will be guaranteed a win. The only caveat is that you've got to donate at least $20 to Big Orange Heart. But if you know anything about them, I'm sure that you know that that's worthwhile. And the last thing to mention just before we get into the podcast is our Mastodon install is over at wpbuilds.social. There's, I think, about 100 or so people. We've had a little bit of an uptick because of the stuff that's going on over at Twitter. But if you fancy joining a Mastodon install, feel free to join ours, wpbuilds.social. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place. Invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by going to go.me forward slash WPBuilds. That's go.me forward slash WPBuilds. And we do thank GoDaddy Pro for their continuing support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, as I said at the top of the show, we're on episode number 305, entitled How Hosting Has Changed. And, well, it's all about how hosting has changed. David Wormsley and I chat all about the different possibilities over the years, going right back to the beginning. Maybe you had a server in your office, which you ran yourself, or maybe you ran one in your own home. Then we moved to shared hosting. And now we've got all sorts of incredible things like managed WordPress hosting. You can go to different providers like DigitalOcean and spin up a little server for a very modest cost. And of course, now we're flattening all the WordPress websites with headless options. There's so much to talk about here. I really hope that you enjoy the episode. 
Hello and welcome to another in the Business Bootcamp series where we relearn everything we know about building WordPress sites and running a web design business from start to finish. We're on season five, which is the last of our bootcamp series. And this is about what happens after a website is built. We are on episode three and today we're talking about how hosting has changed. Nathan and I are taking contrasting approaches in getting our new businesses running and our first client's site built. She's a new lawyer with no previous site. And Nathan, well, this is, this is, I think, really on topic for what we were trying to do with this series, because we were trying to revisit, wasn't we, how we, you know, how we set up our business and how we might do that again now. And I think when it comes to hosting, this is so much has changed in our time. Yeah, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. The first one is there's really no falling out here, is there? There's no the, the <laughs> yeah. agile versus waterfall approach <laughs> yes. doesn't really count here. But you're right. And I really haven't been keeping an eye on the the hosting scene. Not really. I mean, you know, I, I interact with it where necessary. But you have, especially more recently, you've really been pushing the mm. boundaries and you sent me some videos of the things that you've been playing with. And it is remarkable. If you go back 20 years... It's mm -hmm. so different, the landscape now. Um, you know, it's out of all recognition, the things that you can do, the options that are available, it is remarkable. Yeah, my friend got me into um, doing client websites and she was, you know, started her business up in the kind of late um, 1990s going into 2000. She was working with a guy who was really just doing the server side, getting these sites up. And he was, as, as I understand it, he was literally running them from his server in his computer at his home. That's that's the job he did and made sure that emails came. And you think where we are now, which we'll be talking about later, where we're now talking about kind of delivering everything, sort of static content to CDNs. So uh, there's all these latency issues have gone. And there's such a big change, I think, over the history. And to be honest, Nathan, I've always seen you as the person who was ahead because when I met you, you were doing something that I couldn't even conceive of. You actually running your own server. Yeah, that that's true. I, I'm just going to rewind a little bit first. One of my first clients that I ever mm. had, I went into their offices and they employed a local computer company. So it wasn't even like an, an internet company back in the day uh -huh. you know, they, they maintained computers, repaired computers, sold computers, and they had installed into the offices in the basement was a computer and their website was on <laughs> this computer. And it, e even then I thought that's quirky. That's a, that's an interesting approach. Um, <laughs> yeah. And when I built the website, we dis you know, I guess they dismantled that computer never to be seen again, because that just Everything about that screamed, no, don't do that. Uh, it shouldn't be in your own building. You know, the premises, if it burns to the ground, you're in trouble. There was no backups or anything like that. It was just very, very quirky. But yeah, I did. I did manage a server. I used to um, used to rent, essentially, a, a, a rack um, mm. off OVH, which is, I believe it's a French company. Mm. And... It, you had to, you know, go into the command line and install all the different bits and pieces, and and it really it was a it was a complete nightmare. There was mm -hmm. there was no um, there was there was no joy uh, from that, um, and I'm glad to be shot of it, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we used to do the hosting of the email and the website and all of it, and occasionally it bit me. Mostly it was fine, but once once in a while. 
you know, the websites would go down and it would be a problem. There was one time where the the, the data center actually caught fire. It literally burnt <laughs> down. And we had to, you know, we had to get backups installed onto a new box and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it was all very fraught. Yeah. I think what we both agreed on that we probably wasn't going to get involved with clients' email hosting. Yeah. Well, like I said, I did do that. Um, mm-hmm. I had a, a an email server and it worked. That that was that really just was clockwork. I, as far mm. as I know, that never went wrong. The only problem was authenticating. So when clients were authenticating in their email client, because this was back in the day when you had a, you know, you had mm. a desktop app which would uh, you'd have to authenticate with. So. I remember things like Thunderbird and so on and so mm-hmm. forth because we didn't have a, I don't think we had a certificate. And so there were little workarounds that you had to do to get it to work. And, you know, you had to agree to this, that, and the other thing when prompts came up. So quite often I had to explain this to clients and say, no, no, click that button. Now click this. Now do, And it was a bit fraught, but it worked and it was great. But in the end, it just felt like there was too much mission, <clears throat> excuse me, too much mission critical stuff going in email and you know with things like gdpr now there's no mm. way that that service would have been something i could have carried on mm. and certainly in the wp builds facebook group i've heard a couple of people comment about who had done email hosting in the past saying that it was pretty much 90 percent of all of their support queries you know so it was something they were happy to get rid of yeah interestingly it never it never went that way for me it was just mm. when things broke, and it was very rare, so it t- it ticked along uh, really well. I got no complaints from that side of things, but it was just the the um, it was how to describe it. Sword of Damocles is the way I would describe <laughs> it. There was this constant thought that something could go wrong at any moment, and if it did go wrong, I can't remember how many sites were on that server, but a few. The, the problem is they'd all go wrong at the same time. Um, and so all the emails would arrive at the same time and the frustration and anger would all be arriving at the same time from from every side. And yeah, not something that I want to deal with. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, um, I mean, when I first really, I guess, came into working with WordPress, I mean, I started with what I think most people and still I would think you, your average person who's DIYing a site will be looking for is some kind of shared hosting with, you know, the big services like GoDaddy, Bluehost and HostGator. And and that was really it. It was about finding the best, the best company, the company you most trusted um, then. And I, I it's interesting. It wasn't long, really, of doing this professionally where that kind of tripped me up. We recommended a good shared hosting for our clients, and um, as is always happening, I think in there, you know, they're getting sold off. So the company that we had was sold to GoDaddy, and well, it sold to somebody, and then sold on again to GoDaddy, and the service was affected by that, and so were all our clients. Yeah, it's interesting. The back in the day. That was the way of doing it, wasn't it? You know, you'd pay a really modest amount of money, mm. and but that would they were kind of the options. That was what you. That was the only approach. There were no kind of managed WordPress hosting companies, nothing like that. Yeah, it was just shared hosting, and I guess maybe there's more awareness now in terms of the hosting companies. But we were always getting stories of 
you know the the, the insecure sort of uncontained shared hosting where if yeah. one site went down it would take them all down and if there was one hack over on a on a on an adjacent website if you like then your site could be affected and obviously you know things like SEO were beginning to be important so those kind of things seem to have evaporated now and i, I think even even modest shared hosting these days well i say will have i don't actually know but i'm assuming that they've taken care of a lot of those problems and sort of compartmentalized the websites from one another so that that kind of thing is less likely to happen but like i say i, I don't really look at that that bit of the market anymore so i don't really know what's going on down there at the very very cheap end of things yeah it's it's quite interesting i think we talked about this before it was the dig effect we were talking about that mm, was yeah. when i first came into <laughs> making websites um that was affecting people if you got a, a surge of traffic to a particular site that was on one of these shared uh, hosting services because they didn't have, I think they called it a grid system. I don't know if GoDaddy were one of the first, but they were actually the first hosting company I went with was GoDaddy. Um, and uh, then they implemented this thing so it would protect your resources for your particular site. But up until that point, if there was a bad player or somebody got a lot of traffic on your shared server, you, you kind of went down with them. Yeah, and I guess there was no real way of knowing any of that information as well. You know, the, the adjacent website could have been really popular and you're all consuming the same resources. So it might be that your experience was always bad because their yeah. website was always busy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was oh, it, definitely a bit of a bit of the Wild West. But I guess also at the same time, it was simply because this was all new and these companies were trying to work out how to how to make a profit at the same time as, you know, really trying to drive the prices down. And I think the other side of the managed hosting or the shared uh, hosting that you've got, you know, we've seen oh, quite recently, really, I, I think relatively all these specialist services like Flywheel, Kinster, WP Engine, Pressable, all of those that have been I don't know, specifically catering to the needs of um WordPress users. Yeah, th this is a really fascinating development, isn't it? The idea that a CMS is so popular that yeah. companies can spring up on the back of it, which which are specifically designed to deal with that CMS. Um, maybe there are services out there for other CMSs that offer a, you know a similar promise, but you've just listed. I think you went through four. Um, yeah. I, I bet there's more. There's probably some, yeah. you know, underdogs that we haven't heard of. There's probably dozens, in fact. But big businesses, really big. You know, you go to like WordCamps and there they are, just right there, yeah. occupying the, the big sponsorship booth. So it's, it is big business. And, and they do, they abstract a lot of that stuff that you, that you might have had to have worried about. They, they take it away. You know, they've got really... Um, bespoke dashboards they do as much as they can to make your WordPress experience as good as possible to be perfectly honest with you I don't know even a 20th of what they are doing on the back end mm -hmm. to make that happen um, I'm just sort of trusting in most cases the promises that they're offering but they yeah incredible incredible that there are so many specialist companies dealing with managed WordPress hosting it was really interesting for me because I was, you know, trying to provide hosting as a way of uh, generating some income for me. So I'd take care of, which I discovered from the early days when I sent people off to 
their kind of shared hosting that they they really couldn't do that they did need some sort of aftercare and um because you know the average client isn't going to have a clue about when they might need to update the php version and how to do that <laughs> with their shared hosting and that kind of stuff so that allowed me to provide something but there would be no profit for the type of client that i would have to go for these specialist um hosts you know wp engine i couldn't add on top of that anything so that's really what moved me into the kind of next wave which is the kind of unmanaged hosting where you could rent out your server or droplet in my case with DigitalOcean, and manage it yourself and that's kind of given me a, a stable income since and i think it's been useful to clients but i one one thing i did find interesting though was there were some clients who'd already you know paid a bit more and that their own hosting who i did some work for on things like flywheel and i got to experience kind of the extra work that they did so with something like flywheel it did a lot of protection so it, you know as soon as you put your site up there it was already running some scripts which were limiting the amount of updates that it was storing your database um, and doing all sorts of security checks for you on your behalf it's almost like it was loading in plugins on your behalf yeah in many cases there were i haven't used most of these companies so i can't really speak too much about it but the limitations on things like the plugins that you can put in there because they mm -hmm. conflict with the the tech stack that they've got um I, I can't really think of a solid example at the minute but i i definitely remember reading lists of of banned plugins if you like but also the fact that these companies sort of inject things into the ui you know they've got their own yeah. kind of menu items inside of wordpress which take you to i don't know dashboards which might show you analytics statistics or you know something like that whatever it might be um, so when you bring your Word, WordPress website in or spin it up on their platform, it is a, it is a instance of WordPress, but it's kind of a special instance of WordPress with other things already built in. And I think sometimes <laughs> yeah. they, uh, they bring along plugins for the ride as well. I think that's, yeah. that's a curious debate to have is if you go to some of these companies, I do wonder, I wonder what kind of um collaborations they've got with other companies shall we say let's say mm. for example you go to company a the hosting company and you you start their managed wordpress hosting i've seen examples where they bring along three or four commercial plugins they put the free version in there so you experience all the adverts and all of the upsells and all of that kind of stuff and really it's kind of that's kind of strange because you're paying for that service and yet they've made a decision that they're going to put plugins in there on your behalf which in my case every time i would just uninstall but you do wonder how successful that is because they're obviously still doing it the hosting company are probably getting a kickback from the plugin company plugin company are turning a proportion of those users into paid customers so from their point of view it's probably a bit of a win-win but from the from the wordpress users point of view i, I don't know if it's such a win you know, with our client, our imaginary Miss A client, do you think she would be a, a simple website like us? We decided it was simple and largely static. Would she have been better, do you think, on some kind of shared hosting, the, the kind of Bluehost, HostGator type thing? Or do, do you think she would need specialist WordPress 
hosting. Yeah, I'm, I'm imagining, and we never talked about this really, did we? I don't think, but I'm imagining no. that our uh, client has got a home page, an about page, mm-hmm. um, maybe some sort of testimonial page, a few pages outlining the the areas of work that she covers in in law, and then probably some sort of contact form. There might be a blog on there, but I, I, if there was, I'm not anticipating that it's ever going to be used. So you put, maybe put some sort of functionality in there and keep the keep the posts option available, but probably it'll never get mm. used. So what I'm basically saying is what we've got here is a five-page brochure site. And mm. whilst we could go onto the managed WordPress hosting, I don't think this website would necessarily require it. Yeah. Yeah, she's low on uh, plugins that we've got on her site, so it's fairly lightweight WordPress install. I guess you could get away with a fairly cheap um, lamp stack hosting setup, so probably wouldn't need something as <laughs> as um, expensive and probably as powerful as WP Engine. Not that I've got any personal experience of those, but you know. Yeah, um, I, I mean, honestly, I'm imagining that it's an it's a ver- it's the latest version of WordPress with some kind of SMTP plugin so that emails mm. can come out, some kind of forms plugin, but free or paid, I don't really know, maybe a page builder. That's yeah. kind of it, I think, isn't it? So there's going to yeah. be very little going on. So I think, yeah, you could you could totally go for the uh, affordable end of the hosting. I guess if it was doing other things, you know, if she suddenly decided she wanted to sell T-shirts and yeah. uh, you stick WooCommerce in there, then maybe not. Maybe you need to look elsewhere. You know, I think it, with all the unmanaged cloud hosting options, which are now become available to us, I mean, probably the best known is Cloudways is making that accessible to a lot of people um, because it's it's quite an easy way into managing your own um, server, uh, rented server, even though it, it, there's a little bit less control of, say, using that with some of the other options out there, server, pilot, run cloud, and well, there's a whole host of those, but that's an easy way in. But it's interesting because I think I managed to jump on that quite early on. You did. Just, thanks. Yeah, you yep. did. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not due to me. It just happens to be I was in the Beaver Builder group where there was one of the guys who I followed quite a lot who just got into it himself. But looking back now, I think it actually goes in line with probably a big global change because I think, you know, when we look at computers just with their computer power anyway for their services, there's been this move. I think things like um, Amazon's Lambda was something that wasn't around until 2014. And it's the same as I think of the sort of cloud hosting that we've jumped on. Things like um, DigitalOcean and Volta, I think, has come a little bit later. They just didn't exist before, did they? And that's no. kind of the new wave. Um, and you've jumped on it as well, haven't you, as well? Yeah, I, I, I've got a, quite a few uh, DigitalOcean droplets, you know, on the, usually on the affordable end, $5, yeah. $10 a month, and um, a few pet projects on there, and they it ticks off, ticks on. You know, it's like it's never missed a beat. As far as I know, we've had basically no downtime. I, again, I really do think that you got into that early and, you know, maybe you got some advice mm. from somebody else. But nevertheless, you were talking about all of this kind of stuff and it was it was complete dodge to me. I hadn't the faintest idea what you were talking about. And, but now it does feel like a significant proportion of people are, are doing this because... Yes. 
you know, the people that are listening to this podcast, the majority of them are probably technical, fairly technical, I would imagine. And so getting into the weeds of all of that is completely fine, you know. And then you've got, as you said, companies like Cloudways who even strip away more of the technical burden. Um, yeah. And, you know, you essentially just filling out forms and clicking buttons and paying money and you're off to the races. But I imagine quite a lot of the people listening to this are, are capable of doing it. So, you know, DigitalOcean, Volta, Linode, there's a whole bunch more. Amazon, LightSail, all of this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's really incredible, incredibly affordable. I know. That's the, I mean, the power you get for your book is uh, amazing. I mean, it was the scariest thing in the world because I think you're more comfortable with using something like Command Line than me. So for me to jump in on this and then offer it out to clients was a really scary thing but you know um you know over seven years on i've not had an incident yet <laughs> yeah and i, I bet uh, back in the day when you were setting it up it, it was really like you are in the command line you're doing it all there but now like you yeah. you described things like cloudways and various other companies um you just press a button and wait three minutes and there's a wordpress website and you log in and it's all done. You know, they set up a pre-configured version of WordPress. You're good to go. It really is amazing. Yeah. The only irksome thing about it is that the actual power, the, the server that you're renting is quite cheap, but they, the services to manage that, to make it, you know, usable, which I, I started with server pilot, one of the first, not probably one of the most popular now, but uh, um, it made it easy, but you're paying them almost as much as you're paying for the actual server use as well yeah so. yeah that's interesting yeah there is a, a that is a good point i came across a product i don't know if it's still um on you know on offer but there, there's one called server avatar which i think you yeah. ended up getting as yes. well that was on a lifetime deal at one point which seemed like a, a good thing I've, i think i've still got a few bits and pieces over in there as well yeah, there was another lifetime deal actually called Bunny Shell, which I still yet to use, but it's not WordPress friendly. It doesn't spin you out a WordPress site, but it's um, it's uh, yeah, it gives you all the power. So it's uh, but server avatar, yeah, that's been quite good with me for some reason. I don't get it to work quite as well as I have done because I've got some Cloudways, I've got Server Pilot running, and I've got server avatar for some of my personal ones. For some reason, server avatar seems to use up. Uh, more resources, I think. Interesting. You know, I need more power. I don't yeah. know why that is. But no, yeah, it, no, I don't know. A, have you ever what used, a deal. <laughs> have you ever used um, SpinUp WP? No. See, that's no. another service, and I've not used it directly, but um, a friend of mine has used it directly, and th there, there does seem to be a, th the speed of that basic website, which is on a mm. basic, um, you know, affordable plan on the server side does it is blisteringly fast so i do wonder what it is that they're doing what tech they're implementing what yeah. things they're not implementing um in order to make it work quite so fast but it, yeah it, that's another one to look at spin up wp it's yeah. by the um guys at delicious brains shall we talk about what's been really exciting me recently oh my goodness <laughs> this <clears throat> excuse me this is so impenetrable to me but so fascinating and i'm really glad that you're getting into the weeds of this because you are genuinely excited about what you've been tinkering with aren't you 
Yeah, it follows on from our discussion we was having some episodes back where we were talking about my new love for this Jamstack thing, this this kind of movement with this idea that we should be serving up um, more static content, if you like, not using such the WordPress lamp stack so much. It's more of an ineffective way of getting stuff for performance to people. So this kind of new wave of technology um, is, is pretty much about sort of serving up two CDNs, static content, and ha finding some way of being able to shove via JavaScript the dynamic stuff to the edge of the network, if you like. <laughs> and this has led me on to all of this. So this is kind of this whole move towards serverless um, hosting. Uh, using effectively CDNs out there. So we have this with the Jamstack thing, this whole wave of new services out there, which aren't like uh, DigitalOcean or Amazon and stuff where they have their own servers. They're borrowing them from the likes of those people. But services like Netlify or Versailles and Amazon are offering this as well as, well as DigitalOcean and Cloudflare, this serverless approach where... Um, if you can send up your static sites, it's going to send it out to the server where it's closest to your users to get. So I've been interested in turning um, WordPress into a static form and using these services. I mean, um, it really is, it, 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 you know, you, you've just sort of described it in, in broad brushstrokes, but it really is incredible that what you've been doing. You know, it's it's wonderful. So do you actually want to go into the whole local and how it's connected and all of that? Because I think people will be really fascinated. Yeah, I, sh I shared a video with you where I was just showing the experiments I've been doing. So this isn't headless WordPress, which, of course, is another thing which is taking off. That's a slightly different thing in the sense that people are using the WordPress REST API to connect up to some static site generator yeah. and to upload that to a CDN. This, what I'm trying to do is use... Uh, WP Local, or it used to be Flywheel Local, to spin out my own WordPress site. And then I uh, a free plugin called Simply Static to flatten those all out into HTML uh, pages. And what I've been able to do with this, with, with the free version that they have there, the pro version does allow you to connect up to things like GitHub, but I've been able to do it with a free one by using desktop uh, GitHub and having the file that Simply Static plugin puts all my files into to watch it. And then I can pull in all of that stuff into my local GitHub and then push it out to the GitHub, which is hosted. And then that can then be picked up by these new wave of hosting companies like Netlify, who will then sweep that up and then make the changes to the, the various examples of your site over the CDN. And it's really, it's it's hard to describe in a podcast, but it's quite exciting stuff to yeah. play around with. It's genuinely, it's really interesting. So you've got your local version of WordPress, which you've used yeah. local, that you can mm -hmm. download that for free. So yeah. really the word here is free. That's, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of free going on here. Um, so you've got your local version of WordPress. Inside of that is this plugin. What's it called again? Simply Static. Yep, that's the free version. So free again. Um, yep. what, you've made your website, you've saved your changes, published your posts, whatever. Then you click a button inside the plugin. You download a zip file. You yep. put the or, zip or in my case, I'm actually just putting it into a directory ah. in my local site. So right, it goes right. there. Okay, that's watched by GitHub. The 
local version um, and it picks up on the changes you say okay those are the changes I made push that out to github that's actually live on the site and then that goes straight on to netlify in this case netlify right yeah. and th but that's free right the netlify netlify yeah. um account that you've got is a free account what what are the constraints around that how how much can well, you put there for free yeah i mean i guess these things are going to change because <clears throat> i mean the whole jamstack movement is going on so there's a lot of free that's been offered and presently there they do it by build time <laughs> which is the time that it's needed to kind of generate this new you know so grabbing from github and putting it on there is some of the build time now presently my account i must have done this whole process maybe 50 times now it's still showing me zero in my month of build time so i've got i think i think i've got i don't know what it is something like 30 hours or something crazy like that i could be wrong maybe three hours um but i have got 100 gigabytes of bandwidth to use on these sites so i there are a lot of big um players who talk about this stuff uh, there's a guy that maybe other people following kevin powell who does stuff on css and he uses netlify for his site now he has i mean he must be getting close to a million subscribers so he must have a lot of traffic going for his site he hasn't paid for years at all for good in his site Great. so yeah exactly wow. so i think but of course it's all about how you use it as well if you had a very complex system one of these jamstack ones that were building out really complex javascript stuff then that would use up your build time and if that was then being pushed out onto the cdn and operating there then it would start to use up your bandwidth but doing what i'm doing basically serving up static pages that i've made with wordpress um you know it's I don't know how many sites I'd be able to host. I'd probably be able to host all of the clients I look after for free. But the the big thing here, though, is when you actually go to the site and how unbelievably fast it is. It yeah. is basically instantaneous because it's, well, presumably it's pushed to the edge. So there's a, whatever Netlify's distribution is all throughout the world. I don't know anything about that, but... It's um, flat files, HTML, CSS, yeah. whatever, um, and it's served up completely flat near yeah. to where you are, and it happens in a heartbeat. You know, you click the button and there's the page. It's as simple as that. It's so fast. Yeah, and it's quite nice. I mean, there's a, a tool which I use and you use a lot now um, called Speed Vitals. It's still yeah. in... Yeah, uh, beta.com and on that you can there are other places to do it where you can do a time to first byte test and it will sample different areas around the world to go and visit your url and say how quickly it connected to it and it was quite interesting so i took one of my sites that i've got hosted in the us um and then i made a copy of it um and then uploaded that to netlify and did a test on that and it was you know, it knocked it down by a third, the the average time to first bite across the world. Wow. So, you know, so, you know, it was quite a saving just because it was going straight to a CDN rather than me having it locally. Of course, I could have attached a CDN to my site anyway that's in the US. But I think, you know, if everything's going to the same places altogether, I think it's going to work more effectively. Yeah, I mean, it really is amazing. You, are you planning to... Are you planning to put any materials out there on what you did, you know, making videos so that you can explain yeah. what it is to others? 
I, I will do that. It's quite a journey because I was talking to you before about my thing with Jamstack, which was leading me a little bit away from WordPress. But oddly enough, the, I've gone full circle where I'm kind of in love a bit with a WordPress, certainly as a CMS for building and generating static sites. So I will definitely do some stuff on this and just show the process on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we should probably mention that there are some companies out there that do oh yes do do this as a service so you know we were talking about things like cloudways a minute ago um yeah. and pressable kinster wp engine and all that kind of stuff you can you can do this with well there's a couple that i know of um mm -hmm. there's hardy press and there's um, yep. stratic as well yeah i think with both of those they I mean, what they're expensive and what you're getting with them is something I believe, which is much more complex. It's the full headless uh, setup. That's a but good point. In, yeah. But in effect, you know, what you're being served with in the end is what, you know, you can do for free. Um, you know, we're setting up. So I'll definitely do some content on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it does open. It's a little bit technical, isn't it? I mean, most people are not going to feel comfortable setting up local GitHub. I mean, certainly I wasn't in the first place. I didn't really understand how that worked. But it's, um, you know, it's, it's a wonderful setup. But it does mean that, you know, people can start hosting their sites for free, at um, least at the moment. Yeah, I, I think it is really much more complicated than almost every, almost anybody who wasn't really <laughs> into WordPress like you are. It would be complicated because you've got to, you know, you've got to update the site on a local machine. Then you've got to go yeah. into the plugin because it's the free version. You've got to click a button to generate the, you know, the flattened version of the files. Then you've got to have GitHub running and blah, blah, blah. And there's lots of moving parts. It's not straightforward. In fact, it's anything but straightforward. But the <laughs> yeah. end result is very fast and very, very free. Um there must be a couple of catches, though. Things like how do things like forms work for you? Oh yeah, well, the, uh, okay. yes, that's it. Anything dynamic that WordPress would take care of if he was just hosting that in a normal way is gone. So yeah, we're limited, and and really, this is, I think, at least at the moment, only suitable if you have got basically a static site with just say a contact form. So we could use it for Miss A. And what I would do, and um, I think you'll be buying this soon, I should mention it, because um, there's still a lifetime deal. I bought something called Form Spark. I am so delighted you have shown me this. <laughs> this looks great. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, I've only used it for testing purposes so far. So none of this is working in the real world. But it's just a service which, uh, when you add its URL to a HTML form that you can create, and you can just copy a bit of their script if you want to create a form, you'll have to style it yourself on your site. But it will then just do the rest of the work for you. It, it will take the submission and it will place it on the account there and send it to any email address that you like. And it will do some other things if you want. It will connect up um, uh, to other services. Um, you need something like uh, Zapier to be able to do that. And it will also do things like forward someone who's filled in a form to a page of your choice as well. So if you want them to move on. So yeah, it replaces anything that I would need in a basic uh, forms plugin right so just to be clear this is not a forms plugin for wordpress this is something no. which is just capturing the yep. submission <clears throat> of an html form which you've designed yourself excuse me i've got a frog in my throat <clears> yeah, <clears> there <throat> we go um this is capturing that and then distributing it where you want to go so it's it very again it's it's a fairly technical thing but given that typically you would rely on a wordpress form that 
mostly yeah. won't work in a flattened site. I, I know that some of these services like Stratic, they can manage gravity forms and a few others, I think. Um, yeah. But in this case, you can just put these forms and it is just capturing the result of the submission and then sending it on. But you need to design the form yourself. It's such an elegant and interesting solution. I love it. But there are so many other options for that that kind of thing. So, I mean, we're going to see, I'm sure we're going to see more of it because that seems to be the move forward for hosting to try and not, you know, as we normally having to run a lamp stack all the time and it has to be on, this is, seems to be the way forward. And I can see there are so many other people other than um, Netlify and Versailles, all of them are starting to jump on ways of making the static site easier. So with Netlify, there is an option there on the free version of it for it to gather anything you've got in a form. So it will do that for you and put it in your Netlify account as well for you. So, so you, you wouldn't need my form spark if you didn't want that. Um, so I think we're going to see more of that. And also as well, I should mention that the simply static free plugin has a pro version where it's also offering the service to capture your emails and search as well so i think there's right. tons and tons of options for getting around some of the things that you that are difficulties with static sites and in netlify for example um a couple of things that appear when you you make a static site is that you don't have the pretty urls that you would have with wordpress of course but yeah netlify, yeah netlify's got a little system where it just you just tick something on and say give me pretty urls and it will do it and if you you know, you don't have 404 uh, when you've got just normal static sites. But again, Netlify gives you another tick box to to make the 404 go to a page of your choice. So I'm I'm detecting a tidal wave of YouTube videos coming directly from <laughs> your computer. Um, it really does seem like you've been bitten by this, and you're very excited about about it you're sort of nerding out and it's exciting because it's new which is great <laughs> yeah i think you, we're definitely moving this way but i mean i don't think it's going to affect the average user i mean most people will still be you know thinking about going with a shared hosting in the traditional way for i think for many years oh, but i do yeah. think this is yeah uh, saving the planet this kind of stuff don't you think well this is it, yeah there's no doubt about it um i actually recorded a podcast episode which will certainly be out on the wp tavern side of things by the time this gets out i think with hannah smith and she she really is into the idea of making websites more sustainable because of the mm. the impact that we have and, and definitely this is this this technology is um, is going to be making things quicker. And it's interesting because it's the exact opposite approach. If you went back five years, the only real way of making your website faster was to put more resources at it. Just push yes. more CPU, push more everything, everything more. Whereas this is totally the opposite approach. It's everything less. And it just sounds like for a subset of the people, and I do think it will be a subset. I, I don't see the landscape changing that rapidly. I do think this is going to be really, you know, a really meaningful thing to do. And I can imagine a lot of these companies um, touting their yeah. environmental credentials loudly once they figured out that that's a market. Yeah, I think it's a great option for WordPress users because WordPress makes, uh, I mean, you know, you might not always get the best output from page builders, but they make it 
you know, building pages such a delight um, with WordPress. But the downside of WordPress is that updates on your plugins, security, the the general power that it needs all the time. So if you can do the take the good from it, particularly with those static sites you build, and then just upload it and get rid of all of that, uh, you know, overload that you've got with WordPress. I think you know, um, it's a it's a really great combination. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. I think we're done. Have we got through what yeah. we needed to say? I think that's we have. It. Yeah. What's coming next up time, next? What's on? We're going to be talking. Four? Yes, upselling services, which okay. for me, uh, the agile approach shouldn't be such an option. I should already have a routine, shouldn't I? Yeah. Well, that's okay. So I'm going to put a boatload of links into the show notes. I don't know if okay. I'll link to your videos or anything at that point. You may maybe not have created them, but there'll be loads of links in the show notes if you want to follow on, especially some of the stuff that. David's been talking about with this uh, sort of static site generation with Netlify and whatnot. So, all right, that's great. Thanks, David. Enjoyed that. Thank you. Bye. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. Always a pleasure chatting to David Wormsley about these things. I'm sure that you've had very different experiences to both David and I in terms of what it is that you've done for hosting. Maybe you've dipped into WordPress and the whole internet thing recently and so you're only familiar with the new, more modern ways of doing things. Perhaps you are flattening your websites and going all headless. Be lovely to hear from you about your thoughts. You can leave a comment over at wpbuilds.com. Search for episode number 305 and leave us a comment there. Alternatively, join our Mastodon install, wpbuilds.social, or there's our Facebook group, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place. Invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more by going to go.me forward slash WPBuilds. And we really do sincerely thank GoDaddy Pro for their continuing support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, don't forget we've got our Black Friday deals page, 270 plus deals over all in one place, searchable, filterable, wpbuilds.com forward slash black. I hope you manage to get whatever it is that you want, whether it's for you or perhaps gifts for Christmas. Either way, we'll be back on Monday for this week in WordPress and we'll be back for another episode, which will be an interview next Thursday. Stay safe. Here comes some cheesy Dixieland music. Bye bye for now. (laughs) 